Welcome to Quietly Confident Introverts, the podcast that empowers introverted women leaders and entrepreneurs to overcome self-doubt and build confidence to thrive. Together, we'll explore your unique strengths, help you create a presence in the marketplace, and build profitable, impactful businesses. It's time for introverted women to rise, and it starts right here. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Quietly Confident Introvert Podcast, and we keep working on feeling empowered and building confidence. I'm glad that you're here on your go-to show for empowering introverted women in business and leadership. Thank you for tuning in and joining me on this incredible journey to make a big, big difference in the world to many introverted women. I'm excited that I keep showing up and providing the insights and inspiration like I do on this podcast. And I thank you to those that listen, to those that share it, and to those that support it. So thank you so much for that. So today, the topic we're going to be focusing on is how introverted women develop quiet confidence to achieve their ambitions. In some quarters, the word ambition can feel very like a dirty word. (laughs) And sometimes it can actually feel uncomfortable to use it in some quarters. When I was looking at the topic, I was looking at different things around and also exploring the topic as part of my writing for my book. There is research suggesting that depending on the age, women struggle with ambition. So younger women tend to be more comfortable with ambition than women maybe in the mid or mid 40s and above. This is because sometimes I guess the identity crisis that women 40 and above go through, having had to maybe look after their children, uh, do certain things to, to manage their career, but not necessarily push too hard in those years where they were building a family. And now they're getting to that stage where they want to create their own results, but they're not quite comfortable with talking about ambition. So I want to change that today, especially with introverted women who are regarded as quiet or shy or reserved or shrinking back. Talking about ambition can be something that is uncomfortable. But we want to talk a lot about it and we want to see how how can you develop quiet confidence to build your ambitions. For me, my ambitions are why I am here today. And for me, defining ambition, I've looked at how will I define ambition. So I define ambition as the desire, the discipline, and the determination to achieve something worthwhile and impactful and to be recognized for it. Now, that definition has various components, the desire element, the discipline element, the determination, as well as then making impact for it being worthwhile and also being recognized and appreciated for it. There are certain elements when you think about the word desire, (laughs) people use it in one context and then in some contexts it feels it feels uncomfortable. And when you talk about determination, sometimes it feels aggressive, isn't it? 
Discipline, on the other hand, feels hard. So some of those key words that make up the definition of ambition can feel a bit difficult, but we want to explore how do you build that quiet confidence? How do you build the capability to go after your ambitions? But before I do that, I also want to share that um, while, like I said, while looking at this topic, I was looking at various things. And one of the key things that came out in research was that, and I think by Harvard Business Review, it says that women, younger women are more comfortable with ambition than older women, and that men are more comfortable talking about ambition than women. And that might be things like gender bias and barriers and cultural things that mean that women get relegated in many instances. Having said that, when I talk about gender bias and some of the cultural barriers, people have pointed out some certain things that women have achieved over time, like the Nobel Prize winners last year um, in science, or the Nobel Peace Prize, or some certain Nobel Prizes were won by women. And gradually, we can see that things are improving for women, but that doesn't mean that there isn't a lot of work. For every woman that is helped, for every woman that progresses, there's still 10 other women that need to be helped, that need to be supported, that need to progress. And maybe you're listening to me right now and think to yourself, when I was younger, in my younger years, I had ambitions to do certain things that have now depleted. And I'm now not sure whether I want to let go of it, especially I'm meeting a lot of women who want to leave a legacy. And it's around the ambition they had when they were in their younger years. And I remember when I first decided to pivot to work with introverts in 2020, I actually tuned into my inner child and into my younger self. I know that that's an interesting concept, but I went back to her for wisdom. And I said, what did you really want? And am I doing what you want? I spoke to her. I know if you're not used to those kind of things, <laughs> that might sound very woo-woo to you, but that's how I operate. I've always been very deep since I was nine years old. I don't know. I never do. Uh, maybe the definition of introvert just fits me very well. But basically, I asked this young girl who used to sit by a pole in my father's compound by a television pole. I always say to people, I'm so grateful I was never electrocuted because that was my thinking corner. That was my misery corner as well. When I got fed up of the whole world, and I couldn't escape it, I would sit down there and kind of escape escape the world. But in that process, I had deep thinking times. So um, I asked that little girl, nine years old, her teenage years, my little me, what did you want that you're not yet achieving? What are the things you... And that was where I was able to tap into the answers of the pain I wanted to solve in the world, the things I went through because I was introverted, but more so the bigger things that I really wanted to do, the big adventures that I had downplayed for a while. Trust me, up to that point in 2020, I had actually achieved a lot, a lot, but I was still hungering for more. And it just felt like greed. But tuning into this young girl, I saw that she had more. And here is uh, a research 
part of what I read in Harvard Review that I want to read for you that is quite interesting. It says, in nearly all of the childhood ambitions, two undistinguished elements were joined together. One was mastery of a skill, writing, dancing, acting, diplomacy. The other was recognition, attention from an appreciative audience. Looking through the studies on the development of boys and girls, I noticed that they, they virtually always identified the same two components of childhood ambition. There was a plan that involved a real accomplishment requiring work and skill. And there was an expectation of approval in the form of fame, status, acclaim, praise, or honor. So young girls, young boys, we do have, a, you know, many times they would say, what did you want to do when you grew up? You know, I've seen that uh, post in uh, social media a lot. I think I might have even asked, asked it. And last month in January, I went for a, a mastermind uh, group dinner with a group of other entrepreneurs that was organized by multi-millionaire. So, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a high conversation place to be. It was a great place for me to hang out. And one of the millionaires asked me, what did you want to do when you grew up, when you were younger? So I said, actually, I wanted to be either a surgeon or a gynecologist. And he said, wow, you're doing none of that. First, you read accounting and auditing, and now you're doing coaching. I said, well, the heart of the matter is it wasn't necessarily the title or the career, because at the time, I wasn't really a very young age, quite aware of what those things um, involved. Because when I got to the point of making the decision about medicine and choosing, I had to choose a part that wasn't as difficult because accounting had four years and medicine had eight years for me to do. So I chose the shorter years. But again, when I look back, the core skill I wanted was a skill to help people to change their lives. That was the core reason. Or to be in the room when dreams, when things are being birthed. That's why I wanted to be a gynecologist, so that I can be in the room or I can, uh, obstetricians and gynecologists, so that I can be in the room. But I also wanted to be a surgeon so that I could help cut away the things that were stopping people from living a full and fulfilled life. So I said, in a sense, I'm achieving that as a coach right now with what I do as a helping people achieve transformation. So when they say here that the core part and the reason for ambition is wanting to master specific skill, such as writing, dancing, singing, acting, diplomacy, science, all those kind of things, but with a view to gaining recognition, attention, and, and having an appreciative audience. We all yearn to be appreciated. We all yearn to have great things. So when it comes to women then, since we know that women downplay their ambitions more than men, and we know that also there are barriers against women achieving their ambitions, why is it critical for women to focus on their ambitions and work hard towards achieving it? 
because when you focus on your ambition as a woman, it will drive you to achieve goals and reach your full potential. And ambitious women are able to dream big and work hard to turn their dreams into reality and take control of their lives and pursue their passions, whether it be in professional, personal, or entrepreneurial routes. So that's why it's important for you to focus on your ambition. What's your desire? Don't allow desire to be a dirty word. <laughs> Think about it deep down. What makes you, what lights you up? What makes you come alive? When you think about it, what makes you have butterflies? And what problems do you see in the world that you feel like, I want to dive deep and solve this problem as part of the legacy I want to live in the world? That's ambition. And even if it's an ambition to go climb a mountain, I know a lot of people who have jumped out of a plane. I have no ambition to do any of that because <laughs> I've mentioned that I have problem with heights uh, and it's, it's not something that I feel like I need to do. But maybe climbing mountains, I don't mind because the view, the view that you get to see or the exertion that you put into it is also great. So I would love to do that. Uh, and when women have ambition, they are more likely, when you tune into your ambition, you're more likely to want to take risks and to see how those risks can give you rewards. The problem, like we said, is that sometimes those rewards are external and a lot of introverts do struggle um, external, intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation. There's the word again <laughs> that I do struggle with sometimes. So. Ambition and focusing on your desires and going after it with discipline and determination helps to build your self-confidence and self-esteem as you keep realizing your worth and your capability. So it's so important that ambition is a driving force that helps women to really um, get successful and find fulfillment. So that's why I always use the quote that says, <laughs> mediocrity never served anybody. It doesn't. Playing small, dimming your light, doesn't serve any purpose in the world, doesn't serve other people. But when you shine your light, like Marion uh, Williamson says, it gives other people permission to shine theirs. I was listening to uh, the diary of uh, a CEO interview with Nick Cannon. And he was talking about narcissism. And that's interesting. He had a perspective of narcissism. He said that a lot of the successful people, the Jay-Zs, the Beyonces, uh, and himself, apparently owns a lot of money, very, very rich, has been working six, six, since 16. But a lot of times in, within the media, they only talk about his womanizing, right? But the truth is he's got business brains and he calls himself a hustler. He learned to hustle from a young age when he didn't have a conventional upbringing. And he learned to be raising his ambition because he hung out around people who were pioneering things in the Black community, people like... Um, people like Chris Rock, people like Will Smith, people like Jamie Foxx. So 
by hanging out around those people, he was elevating and exploring his potential because he was in the right environment and this helped him. But he said those people, the Michael Jacksons, and he said they're narcissists. And he explained it. He said the reason why in his own definition is you say there's only one prince. There's only one Michael Jackson. There's only one queen bee. And you know it in your heart and you embody it and you step into it. So ambition is really, when he said that, it resonates with what I'm saying, which is that ambition is a driving force behind success and fulfillment. And where you place more, it's like when you eat and you're still hungry. That's why I don't like diets <laughs> and curtailing um, calories. I've always, I've, I keep exploring different ways of fuller for longer. I love Max and Spencer fuller for longer because <laughs> that is ultimately hunger is not a good thing. Hunger and poverty do go together. So when you think about it, when you're depriving yourself, especially of things that would nourish your body, then it sounds like punishment. Anyway, I digress from what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say that it's like playing small. It's like having a scarcity mindset. It doesn't light your soul up. So you want it to do that. So as usual, I want to share what are some of the uh, key tips or key ways that an introverted woman can decide to tune into her desire to find discipline, to create determination so that she can have those worthwhile pursuits that light her up and cause her to create impact in the world, as well as be recognized for it. That's so vital because a lot of times, um, oh, it doesn't matter. Oh, that little thing. I had to tell somebody um, to change that. Oh, that thing doesn't matter. And to change that language because that was making them play small. That was making them downgrade the extremely <laughs> fantastic brilliance that they had and all the experience and knowledge that they had. So I had to get them to change the language as a coach because belief drives behavior. Now also, a lot of women obviously suffer a lot of glass ceiling and barriers stopping you from moving ahead in the corporate space. But there are ways that you can apply strategies as an introvert without trying to be extroverted, without trying to get aggressive. So here are some of the ways I believe that you can do this. Leverage the quietness. When, it, when you're, that's number one. When you're quiet, it looks like you're not doing anything. But when you think about it, a seed, you only know that there's a seed in the ground if you planted it. That's the first thing. The second thing is you only know that there's a seed in a particular spot when it shoots off the ground. But outside of that, it's quiet. Nothing is looking like it's happening. So if you're somebody who is quiet and who just gets on with things, why not leverage that? Setting time and space to be quiet and to be focused and use your quietness to actually stoke your desires. <laughs> Fan the flame of those desires within you. Secondly, if you want to allow your ambitions to drive your actions, 
be somebody who showcases whatever strengths and talents you have. Look for opportunities that you can showcase them. Look for opportunities that you can stand and explore how far can I go? How much can I deliver? What can I accomplish in this space? Allowing that to be a driving force for you, where you are putting yourself in positions where you can expand your comfort zone, this will help you. So showcasing your strengths does not always have to be in a noisy manner. You can find ways of writing what you accomplished. You can find other people who will sing the praise of what you accomplished. And you purposefully go out there to do and give your best so that people, that's why customer satisfaction surveys and you deliver satisfaction and people are like, oh, I'm coming back again. You know, there's this program called Four in a Bed. The most important thing when they get the review points is they get upset about all the other points. Is the place clean? Is the food is the food good? Whether they give them six or seven. The last page says, will you come back again? And if the answer is no, that crushes every other point. Even if the answer has a genuine reason they are crushed, we all want recognition for what we have provided. So hence, showcase your strength. Seek to, seek to understand how that strength is making a difference. Uh, the third one is invest in things that allow you to take calculated risks to grow in your strength zone. And calculated risk in the area of time, energy, and generating more income. Because your ambition has to include being able to generate more capacity on a financial level. Because unfortunately, money is what make the world <laughs> makes the world go round. Yeah. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, if you don't have money, you can't travel the world, you can't do a lot of things. And so that's another uncomfortable thing for people to admit that I want lots of money. I find it uncomfortable. Even as a person of faith, uh, in the faith community, we are meant to be givers and give a lot. But can you give from empty? You have to have the money to give. So hence, you have to be comfortable with receiving as well. And receiving can come from taking strategic risks to invest so that you can achieve your ambitions. The fourth one is actually creating a supportive environment where you surround yourself with people you can trust and learn processes from and who are also ambitious. You don't want to hang around small-minded people. Um, you don't want to hang around people who keep telling you things are impossible but your heart just yearns for those things. You want people to be around you to go, yeah, it's hard, but how do we support you to go higher? How do we support you to accomplish it? And who are also willing to offer you tough love and to put some realism into what you're trying to accomplish? The thing about life as well is sometimes you have big ambitions. And on your own, you might not be able to achieve them. 
in your lifetime also, you might not be able to achieve it. If we think about Martin Luther King, there was uh, Rosa Parks who did that rebellion that gave him the opportunity to have a platform. Now, she didn't want the platform in that way. She was just somebody who was quiet, reserved, but there was an orator who, who could take this message forward in the form of Martin Luther King. And the ambition for equality and the fight that he was able to do. Again, he didn't finish it because his life was cut short. But that fight and that battle, that ambition has yielded so many things, although the battle still continues and the baton is being picked up by so many people to continue to make that journey. So surround yourself with people who support and encourage those desires that you have and they will help you build your confidence for each attempt that you make that draws you one step closer to those things that you desire. And a supportive environment, actually, if you're listening to me and you're somebody who is in a position of authority, I know that even some women put barriers in front of other women that are ambitious to move forward and express more of their potential. Listen to me. It's a win-win when you allow women to express that ambition to do more and be more in the work environment and you facilitate it. Because what happens is those people are going to create an environment that is expansive, an environment that is innovative, an environment that generates performance, productivity, because, you you know, to pursue the desires, you have discipline, you have determination, you want to create impact. And then add to that in creating an environment in the workplace where you are rewarding people. Even children, when you say well done to a child, the next day he will do those things without being asked. And that is something to think about when it comes to leadership. How can you use praise and feedback to make your life easier, to build people who will go the extra mile? The final one is your ambitions and your dreams are delicate and can be lost at any point in time. So why don't you protect them through setting boundaries? Boundaries can be protective. Boundaries can allow you to expand. So you want to know your limits and you want to know the things that you want to tolerate and the things you don't want to tolerate and the things you have to get rid of. So what you tolerate persists. So if there is something standing in your way to creating your future self, to creating your empowered self, to creating your confident self. Those boundaries are about getting rid of them, are about making sure they don't touch the delicate seed of ambition. Many of us are carrying seeds of greatness that we have to nurture and water for so many years before we see the realization. But if we don't protect it, And if you don't water it in the right way, then you lose and that ambition is lost. And this happens, especially if you don't set boundaries. So boundaries are there to also help you have a healthy balance. I know also that people 
go too fast, too quickly on trying to achieve the things they want to achieve. When it comes to introverts as well, speed and energy are premium commodities that we need to manage in achieving our ambitions. Because if we don't, we know what happens in terms of health, mental health, physical health. So you want to be able to strike that healthy balance that allows you to continue to fulfill the things you want to fulfill. So that's it. I wanted to share this. Like it says, children, right from the start, what did your younger self want to achieve? Are you feeling like you are on the pathway to achieving it? Are you expanding on your younger self's vision of the future and actually living it out and pulling through? If you're not, why not consider how you can develop your quiet confidence to achieve those ambitions you've buried? My framework, which is the Aligned Introvert Method, starts out with, it's a three-step uh, philosophy, which is step out to fulfill your long-held ambitions and step into your full potential by harnessing your introvert strengths and experiences and developing your unique personal qualities. Then step up to impact and influence by developing your leadership skills. So I hope that you found this very useful, very valuable to you. And the question I want to leave you with is, what ambitions have you decided are not worth pursuing? What ambitions have you left buried? If you are here today and tomorrow, why not take the chance and give it a go? Step out to fulfill those ambitions. So until next time, remember to own your strengths, trust your journey, and let your introverted, your inner introverted leader shine. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Quietly Confident Introverts. If you found today's discussion valuable, please subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast with others. You can also connect with me, Patience Sukumbono, at The Visionary Introverted Woman. Until next time, stay confidently introverted.